It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 at News Talk WSB, 45 degrees outside, excuse me, 75 degrees outside. Am I crazy? What am I talking about? 75 degrees outside. Uh, yeah, we got a few more to go today, up into the mid-90s. You have full forecast during the during the show this morning. And again, I want to thank all of my garden friends who went with me to the Pacific Northwest this past week. Ashley Frasca, of course, took my place last Saturday. She and Winston Eason and Mickey Gasway did a terrific job hosting the show, I'm told. We had a fabulous time with 30 of my good gardening friends going to... Seattle, went to Pike Market, went to uh, Victoria, went all around the, the harbor in Victoria, went to Bouchard Gardens, we went to other private and public gardens up there. We had a terrific time. And the temperatures, yes, my friends, 80s, low 80s. Oh, and for the people in Seattle and Victoria, they were fanning themselves because it was a heat wave. It was a heat wave <laughs> up in the northwest because it was in the 80-degree range. We lucked out, got it when the weather was perfectly clear all the way across the mountain ranges. Seattle, of course, is known for having all this drizzly, rainy weather. It's really drizzly weather, not rainy weather. Drizzly, cloudy, sort of clammy and cold for much of the year. But we hit it at the time when it was just beautiful weather each day and uh, had a fabulous time. These garden trips that I organize we just basically think of places that we would like to go. And if you have a particular place that you would like to travel with an organized group, we have very flexible schedules. We do neat things as a garden group. And uh, spouses are welcome, spouses who don't really care about gardening. We put stuff in so the spouses will have something to see and do and, and not be bored with gardens all the time. But if you have an idea of where you would like to go with the group, then give me an email. Go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Down at the bottom it says Contact Walter and send me an email. Say, I would like to go this or this or that or I've heard this is really pretty. And I'll tell you right now that what I'm thinking about, thinking about, is going to England in the late spring, very early summer next year. And if you would like to do that, if you'd like to join me, then send me an email and say, yeah, I'd be interested in doing that. And the other thing that we're working on right now is doing a trip to the Galapagos in November, probably, of next year. So the Galapagos is a place that several people have said they would like to go, and I've never even thought about going there, but would love to go. So... Uh, We'll talk about it. We'll think about it. If you have thoughts and questions and ideas and trip itineraries and places you'd like to recommend, again, WalterReeves.com and click on the Contact Walter button. Tracy is in Athens over in the classic city, and Tracy joins us this morning. Hey, Trace. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty doggone good. How can I help, Trace? Um, I have a, a quick question. Let me give you a little backstory. About three years ago in the spring, I planted Confederate jasmine along my fence line. Mm-hmm. And out in Athens, it's consistently three or four degrees hotter than the surrounding areas, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And they seemed like they were established, and that winter we had really cold weather, like wow. four degrees. Yeah. And only a few of them survived. So I'm looking to plant a fast-growing vine along this fence that will stay green year-round. Do you have any recommendations? Mm -hmm. The green growing year-round is going to be a tough one. Although, 
Evergreen Clematis would be, I guess, my first choice. Evergreen Clematis, Clematis Armandii. If you go to a nursery, if you go over to Kofor uh, Home and Garden over there in Athens and say, hey, Stuart, how about some Clematis Armandii? How does it work here? And he'll tell you the truth, and you can consider that one. Uh, one of the professors at the University of Georgia, Pete Smagarinsky, has a has an arbor covered in uh, a cross vine, and cross vine is not evergreen. But boy, oh boy, if you see tangerine beauty cross vine blooming in the spring on our fence, you'll say, man, that is one big bunch of orange flowers. <laughs> so I know that cross vine grows in Athens because I've seen Peter's uh, arbor when it was covered in orange flowers in the spring, but it's not evergreen. You can and mix, you think that it would cover my, my fence line and come back every year? and In a heartbeat. <laughs> cross vine's good vine, native adapted to Georgia like crazy, but you can get both of them again and run over to Cofords and see what they say. Um, but those would be my two two choices, I think, would be Evergreen Clematis or the Crossvine, Tangerine Beauty Great. Crossvine. Well, thank you so much. And don't forget, you always have the State Botanical Garden there, Tracy, and taking a little trip through that and see if there's something else that I've forgotten and seeing how they're managing vines, and that can always give you good ideas. You have a great resource right there in Clark County. All right. Thank you very much. Great talking to you, Tracy. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Twelve minutes past the hour gives Carlos in Hampton a chance to talk to us. Carlos, good morning. Walter, um, I appreciate this. I've been listening to you for the last month. Um, we recently purchased a home that is on a farm. All right. Um, and as I was cutting grass, I noticed that there were some snap beans and strawberries that were growing along the side. Um, are they edible? First of all. Wait a minute. Did you plant them there? No, no. This was a farm that was already there. And I guess when the subdivision was built, um, you know, they they cleared land and did this and that. But all of a sudden, I'm looking at snap beans and strawberries. That is weird, Carlos. Yeah. I mean, snap beans are annual plants. They don't survive over winter. So for well, them to have recently purchased it. So can I do this? Can I um, dig it up yeah. and pull it closer to the house yeah. and replant it? Or do I have to do it over again? Well, again, snap beans are annuals. If this is a snap bean, it is an annual plant, meaning that it comes, it flowers, it blooms, you eat the snap beans, and then it dies in the wintertime, and it will not come back from roots. So okay, digging and moving is probably not worth your time. If yep. this is an edible strawberry, then they are perennial plants, and it would be worth your while as long as we identify it correctly. Yes. Okay. Well, right now they're the size of peas. Hmm. The, the strawberry? Yes. Tell you what, do. If you want positive identification of a plant, both of these, both of these, I would mm -hmm. submit them separately, honestly, because it just is easier for my group of plant identifiers to look at different entries separately. Go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and mm -hmm. bring 
to you, with you, to the computer, a mm-hmm. couple of three pictures of each of these plants, pictures of the flower, pictures of the fruit, picture of the leaf, of the strawberry, and um, conversely, the uh, sweet, the, the uh, snap bean, and okay. say, this is what I found. I live in Hampton. They'll ask you some questions about where it is, and upload those pictures to my website, and there's a whole bunch of people who love identifying plants, and they will tell you mm-hmm. what they are. Oh, okay. All right. So... <laughs> Let me do that first, and then I'll get back to you. Yeah, that's exactly what we want to do. Identification is key, and I'm still a little curious about the snap beans, so when you talk to me next week or the week after, then we'll find out exactly what you have. I appreciate that. Thank you. Great talking to you, you. Carlos. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Fifteen minutes past the hour. That gives Robert his turn. Robert's been waiting from coming, and now he's on the air. Robert, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What you got? Good to talk with you. I have got some Laura Petalums mm-hmm. that uh, are large hedges, uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, they're about seven, eight years old, and they're doing well. But I've gotten off cycle with the with the proper trimming, and I'm not getting flowers out of them right now. At that size, they've got three, four, five foot uh, shoots coming out of them all over, <laughs> taking yeah. over the sidewalk, and so I, I haven't really had. Excuse me, much for flowers uh, of late. So I know I'm way off a cycle. So those need to be cut back. Yeah. Uh, would I wait and suffer the uh, the overgrowth for uh, a little later in the season? You know what I mean. I would like to get those back, so I'm trimming them right and getting flowers on them a couple times a year, I guess. Yeah, Robert, join me because if I can get it done before it gets hot this afternoon, I'm going to be pruning my loripetalum because they're too high, they block the view when I'm turning the corner of my street. And so, yes, I think now is fine to prune Laura Petalum. What will happen is that you'll get some new growth between now and frost, and then they'll stop, of course, for the wintertime. Next spring, you'll get a little more new growth. Your flowering was going to be a little bit later because of how late you're pruning today, this, this summer. But you're not going to have a lot fewer flowers, you will have more flowers because you have a lot more new growth, I think, because of your pruning now um, in the summertime. So I say Reg- go for it. Regular pruning, yeah, okay, I will do that. Guess what I'm going to be doing, too. Nonetheless, uh, when when is the best time to prune those when they get back to a regular pruning cycle? Right so they after they through. flower. Main, right after they do their big, heavy flowering in March, April, usually April, I guess, of next year. So sometime May, if you wanted to do it perfectly, May would be the time. Uh, I've got one that's encroaching on a sidewalk. Uh, It's getting kind of fat. I need to cut about seven inches off of it on one side. Uh, is it? Uh, do I do that incrementally, or do I do that uh, in one fell swoop? And uh, one fell with? swoop. Laura Petalum is extremely tolerant of pruning. It looks ugly. They have that stub sticking out there for about uh, four weeks, and then all of a sudden you see little leaves all up and down yeah. it, and within eight weeks you think, where was the stub? I never see it. It's not there anymore. And you've cut it back seven inches just like you should. Do it now. Yeah, uh, an interesting uh, side note here, just real quickly, is that I had uh, five or six of them on, in a row up against uh, some Leland's, and they were beautiful until we had that freeze somebody mentioned a couple mm. years ago yeah. and uh, lost them. Well, I, they've got two-inch uh, nubs. I cut it down to about uh, a, a four-foot uh, arc, and uh, they they were just bare stub uh, limbs, and and now they're filling back in. Sure. Uh, it's taken a couple of years, sure, so sure. Uh, 
thank God I didn't have to dig those up. Anyway. <laughs> They're tough plants. Laurel Pelham is one of the best are. introductions to the gardening world that we had in the past 20 years. They just do really well here in Georgia. Thanks for, so much for calling, Robert. It's 818. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. My favorite part is the hey! That's part I love. Time for a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know, next week, Next week's going to be better. We think the temperatures will be below 90 next week, but that's not going to be today. Today's going to be temperatures in the 94, 95 degree range. 30% chance of an evening thunderstorm tonight in the mid-70s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's full and accurate forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We can turn him off now, DeMarco. Bring him down. I know you like it. DeMarco just jumping and dancing in there. All right, Gene, 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 Gene's in Woodstock and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gene, good morning. Good morning. What can I do for you? I am uh, trying to grow a garden this year, uh, about a half an acre in my <laughs> in-law's house. That's a big uh, garden, Gene. It is, it is a big garden. And I, I, I say half. It's probably a quarter of an acre, really, is what I've got All planned. Right. But right. been fighting uh, nutgrass and crabgrass. Uh, are there chemicals that can handle that? Or someone suggested after this season to cover it with black plastic and see if that would kill the, the weeds. <laughs> Ten-year-old boys with a hoe. <laughs> that was what my well, father believed in. My, my mother and dad did, too, and that's uh, two boys. Yeah. We cleared that garden. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hated it, or at least I did. I don't know about you, yeah. G, but it wasn't my oh, favorite yeah. thing to do. That's exactly right. Uh, that, oh, my. Mm-hmm. Well, are the chemicals? Eh, maybe. Uh, some can be used after the garden is harvested, and some can be used during the time of the uh, garden being working on. How much nut grass do you have, G? Oh, it's. it's Everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, man. Yeah. I can keep it out of the, the rows, I mean, in between the rows somewhat, by cultivating it until the plants get too high. The but, nutgrass is going to be your nemesis. I'll just tell you, that's the one we're going to yeah. really have to work on. And with a quarter-acre garden, uh, trying to dig and uproot the nuts on there is going to be... Yeah, boy, it's going to be a two-year two process easily, and you just can't let them get ahead of you. There are chemicals that will control nutgrass. You cannot. They're not labeled for use on vegetable gardens, so you either have to you know, leave it fallow for a year and treat just for nutgrass to try to get rid of it and then plant the next year. Or you could consider planting half the garden one year and using the other half as your nutgrass control area and then swap back and forth between the two. Until you get the nutgrass under control, that's a possibility as well. Uh, but nutgrass is going to be tough. It's a bad, bad weed. Yeah. Um, everything else, uh, generally speaking, there are organic weed sprays that you can put on uh, weeds in vegetable gardens that work really nicely. And rather than go through a whole list of things, several of which you can only buy online from Amazon and places like that, if you go to my website and just type organic weed killer, 
and I got a list of everything with a little link that takes you to Amazon so you can find it. There's a one that I particularly like is a um, weed killing soap. It's what it is. It's a real strong soap mixture. It's a chemical that uh, acts like a soap and it just strips the wax off the leaves, kills weeds dead, and the end of story. And you can use it in a vegetable garden without any worries. So do that. Go use one of the organic weed killers. Go to WalterReeves.com, type organic herbicide organic weed killer i can't remember which i use there but gene that's what you can work on but the nutgrass that is going to be a tough one and swapping using one half to be fallow and plant and uh, treat the nutgrass and the other half to uh, plant your garden in that might be the best solution of all for doing it thanks for calling gene appreciate the call in the next half hour, who we're going to have? Lauren Cumming, who wants to do a needle. Her Leland Cypress has needles all falling from the center. Teresa in Carrollton has a walnut tree she wants to cut back. Shane wants to move his snowball bush, his persimmons. You can join that crowd. Call me, 404-872-0750. We'll talk to Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery as well. We'll be back right after news. Now, more of the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on AM 750. And now, 95.5 FM, News Talk, WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.36 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawling Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. And I'm here just to be useful, to be helpful, to be yeah, help you a little, get a little further in your gardening endeavors. And it doesn't matter whether you want organic gardening, synthetic gardening, natural gardening, indoor gardening, tree gardening, vegetable gardening. It doesn't matter. I can bring you some research-based and experience-tempered information that will help you be more successful. That's exactly what I do. And that's exactly what my friends at Pike Nursery do as well. Every week, every day, every time you go to Pike Nursery, somebody there is smart, and they will tell you the truth and tell you what plants work best for you. And one of the best, Mickey Gazaway from Pike Nursery, who joins me every Saturday morning. Mickey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I went to the Pacific Northwest last week, Mickey oh, Gazaway. I know. I know. You know how I hate to fly, and I think that's... That is one place that would be worth it. You might I fly. really dig. Thank you, by uh-huh. thank you by the way for being on the show and hosting in my in my absence. Thank you for doing. Oh, that. I had fun. I had fun. I loved it. Winston did a fabulous job with you. Oh, I you. understand. So the two of you together made a great team. I appreciate that. Well, good. Well, I had a good time. Well, good. In the Pacific Northwest, yeah, you should take over the fear of flying and just close your eyes. It only takes about five hours, I guess, to get up there. And just close your eyes for five hours, and the door opens up, and it's like 80 degrees outside, and you think, whoa, this is nice. This that, is... It sounds great. You know, a couple of mimosas, and I could probably do all right. You probably could. You <laughs> probably could. All right, let's talk about Pike Nursery. Let's talk about okay. a Pike Pick. Let's talk about saving 20% on everything that you buy, or at least what we declare the Pike Pick of the weekend. What is it going to be? And this week it's Echinacea. And tell us all what echinacea means. Well, echinacea is what we always call purple coneflower. But uh, have you ever seen a really purple one? You know, grand- my grandmother had real purple ones, yeah, but they're I, not that I color never, they always, you know, what I think of is just the normal coneflowers are pink. They're not purple at all. Yep. But um, and but now we've got all different colors in in purple coneflowers or echinaceas. We've got yellow ones and orange ones and red ones. 
and of course the pink ones, the bright pink ones. We've got the ones with the double centers. Then there's really, white really, one. Really there's really a white one somewhere white. I've seen. There's one called White Swan. It's yeah. been around for a long time. It's yeah. been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we substitute a word that we can say, purple cone flower, <laughs> and we call it echinacea, because yeah. they're not all purple. I can understand the reasoning. That's right. That's exactly right. And it, it's, it's a beautiful plant. It's, I think there are some native echinaceas, but I'm not sure of that. I didn't look that up, but I think there are some native echinaceas, you know. You know the answer to that? I don't know myself. What I was thinking about, though, as you were talking, I was thinking, echinos, echinos, echinos. What does that mean? It means spiny. Echinos. It means spiny. Because the middle of a coneflower is a spiny little spice. In Greek, you can, you can, you can, I think, how did I do it? I think I put, what does echinacea mean? And it said hedgehog. Hedgehog, exactly. Hedgehog. Little spiky thing, spiny thing. like a little... Hedgehog, and it's like the butterflies love it when it's you know fresh and green. And then when the petals fall off, the finches love it. We can tell in the nursery when the petals start to fall off because we get finches all over everything. So that isn't it? Use it, pulls them off, and puts them up in your bird feeder. Yeah, oh sure, you can take off. The, they look sort of scraggly when they turn brown, but there's nothing to just clipping off the stems and putting them in the burn feeder or putting them on the top of a post like I do, yeah. where the birds can get to it and not detract from the rest of the flowers. Yeah, it, it, it's a great plant. It okay. really is. And, and then, perennial. Let's remind everybody. Perennial, perennial right. plant comes back every year. That's right. That's so good. let's give a couple of hints on how to plant correctly so it does come back every year. What would you say? Well, I think you need to work up your soil, put some organics in there. It needs to drain well. Um, that's the main thing. They're not really picky at all. Yeah. But um, and mine are, mine are just in my perennial border where they've got everything else. You know, they're in with the um, the Rebecca's and all those and the, um, the Coreopsis. They're in there with all those. So they do real good. And they're full sun plants, so you can put them again <laughs> with everything that loves the sun and the purple cone flower, or excuse me, Echinacea, will uh, do great and prosper for you, and you can enjoy them several years in a row. That's right. So let's basically let's tell about the pike pick. This is how you do it. You go to your pike nursery, and you go and pick out the yellow one and the white one and the purple one and the pink one, and you say, I'm going to put these in my in my cart. You get some soil conditioner because Mickey loves soil conditioner, as do I. You get a little Sure Start fertilizer. You go up to the uh, cashier, and you say, all these echinaceas are 20% off. They're the pike pick of the weekend. They give you 20% off. You go home and prepare the soil. A little soil, a little uh, sure start in there. Bangity boom, you got something to look at and be proud of. You got it. I got, got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a class coming up next weekend, right, Mickey? We do. It's on orchids. And oh, that'll be fun. Oh, orchids, we're orchids. potting your orchids and whatever you need to do to your orchids. And I'm, I don't do very well. I, I'm not a very person, orchid oh my person because my cats eat them. So I, I found a place to put them now in my house, so I'm, I can't wait to get some. I'm going to try it again. You reminded me that I have not checked my orchids since I left home. That's been two weeks oh ago. And, oh, my Lord, what's my orchid going to look like now? 
I'll be willing to bet you that my orchid looks fine if a little droopy and I can water it, soak it in water for a half an hour and then pull it back out. I'll bet you my orchid will be fine when I get I home today. I think you're right. I think you're right. They're, they're pretty They're pretty easy. I and mean, they really, yeah. really are. Yeah. 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 So we'll find out. Well, Mickey, let's get out of here. Where would we find the local location of the orchid class next Saturday and the echinaceas for 20% off all weekend? At PikeNursery.com. We would indeed. I'll see you next Saturday. Welcome back. We missed you. Thank you, ma'am. We'll see you soon. That's com for all your gardening needs. Gardening without guesswork. Shane is in Noonan, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Good morning, Shane. Good morning. How are you? I'm fabulous. How can I help? Well, I just want to say that I, I love the show, and, and uh, it's great. And I've been thinking about this for a while, and I bought my property about three years ago, and there is a wonderful persimmon tree in my backyard hmm. but the wife and i've decided that we'd like to put a building there and i don't want to get rid of the persimmon tree i'd like yeah. to probably move it but i don't know when i've got equipment our company does we've got equipment to do it with right. i don't know when to do it what time of year how far away how big a root ball do i need to try to save or, or what to do with it how tall is it now shane it's about it's probably about 15 feet tall and it's right now it's probably about the same wide it's yeah, almost touching the ground big plant yeah all right you know you're going to build a building there if you cut it down you haven't got anything if you try to move it you at least gave it a good college try so here right. and you got equipment too and that is the best so let me tell you right. what i would do i would take a front end loader and go around the plant um, I'm going to go out from the trunk six feet in all directions. That makes an enormous root ball. But that's right. not our problem because we have a front-end loader. We have some equipment. We can go in and go on the far side, put the front-end loader as close as you can to the trunk, take your arm, go out on the far side, scoop underneath so that your teeth are going to go underneath about two to three feet, and very okay. gently, you and Buddy and somebody else get down there and just gently, gently, gently pull it out of the ground. And you're, frankly, we're going to do this in November sometime, and all the leaves will be off the tree by November, I hope. And um, okay. we're going to try to bring it up out of the ground and not worry all that much about getting dirt, but dirt's going to come with the roots and some dirt's going to fall off. Don't worry about that. But try to get as many roots as you possibly can. And then, because right. you're a smart guy, you've already prepared a place in the new, right. new spot for it, and you trundle the front-end loader over there and plop it down very gently into place, slide it so it stays upright, and backfill around it. And um, you might consider, because it's so tall, Gene, putting a fence post. Get one of those uh, three-inch wooden fence posts and drive it in the ground uh, a foot maybe away from the trunk and uh, use real wide leather. You can use an old belt, a couple of belts if you want to, just to make it so it can't fall over in the winter before the roots have had a chance to anchor things down. Right. Water it, mulch it, uh, keep your fingers crossed, and we'll see what happens next year. It'll be two years easy before you get any persimmons on it. Okay. All right. Well, one more question, if you got another second. Real um, quick. I've got a snowball bush in my front yard, and it's planted there, and it's it's enormous as well. And for one to two weeks out of the year, it seems to produce these huge white snowballs. And yeah. Now it's coming over my driveway, and yeah. I don't know if it's worth keeping or if it's something rare or anything about it. I'm I'm really not crazy about it. I would assume get rid of it, but I just 
my wife didn't know, and I didn't know if it was something that was, you know, something that was neat or. Yeah, I'll let you two figure out about whether to keep it or not. Personally, I like snowball bushes. I love the white, big white flowers in the spring, but I can right. see if it's next to the driveway, it's going to be always a, a mess, sort of, because it just wants to be big. You know, it wants to be five, yeah. ten, fifteen, well, ten at least feet tall and about eight feet yeah. wide, and. Uh, it's hard to keep it pruned, to keep it manageable, so you could try moving it if you want to, but uh, it's not the not a rare plant, not at all. Okay. Well, that sounds great. That's exactly what I needed to know. All right, then. Thanks for calling, Thanks Jane. All right. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you go into Athens for Fan Day at Sanford Stadium, you dress in red and black and... You bring your sunscreen. It's going to be in the mid-90s this afternoon in Athens. The highs reach the mid-90s today, probably the same tomorrow, dropping some next week. We hope overnight, 30% chance of isolated thunderstorms and maybe mid-70s overnight. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. David is out in Dallas, and let's get David done first. Hey, David, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Uh... My question is, I have St. Augustine in my yard, and uh, I was—I think I read somewhere that the seeds that it germinates will not actually grow the St. Augustine. Absolutely true. There's okay, so only about one percent of them are viable. So even though I know you're going to see right now the little seed spikes sticking up above the St. Augustine, if you don't mow for a few days, none yeah. of that seed is going to germinate. Okay, good because I—I've been sprigging it for about 25 years now. Yeah, right. Sprigging's fine. Sprigging works great, but seeds, yeah, nah. But my problem was I've had sediment uh, lines put in and they the, 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 dug up most of the St. Augustine and I was trying oh, to man. get it filled in. I was going to use the seed. <laughs> Sad to say, you know how to sprig and you're going to have to do more of it, David. Yes. Alright, well, thank you. So I won't waste my time worrying about getting the seeds to <laughs> Not sure then. Not going to happen. Doesn't work. Try the sprigging and that'll work fine. Thanks for calling, David. Thank you. Yeah, we got time for Bonnie here. I was wondering if we'd have enough time, but yes, we do have time to get Bonnie in. Bonnie, if you're pretty quickly, you'll be our last call of the day. Okay, sir, I'll be real quick. I just got a UGA soil sample back, and I need lime in the worst way for my Bermuda's <laughs> or right. combo lawn. Right. And my question to you is, how do I apply guidelines for applying to lime and fertilizer and weed killer right now? Can I do it all at the same time? What would you recommend? You know, it's hot this afternoon, so I'd probably do it in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> as far as applying them simultaneously, there should be no problem. Here's, though, what I would do. Um, the lime and the fertilizer certainly can be put down on the same day. Just you know, load your fertilizer spreader or whatever you use and spread one, then the other. Have the spreader calibrated. Of course, one is applied at a different rate than the other and 
whatever amount right. of lime you have to put out, do that. Then the fertilizer, do that. And then wait for maybe a day or two or three until the dust of the lime and the dust of the fertilizer has settled off of the blades of grass and off the weeds, too. And then spray the uh, weed killer out there. The weed killer then sticks to the weed leaves. And uh, is this a spray weed killer or a granular weed products you're going I, to use? I actually bought a spray, and it says not to apply. I think it says not to apply it when it gets like over 94 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that is something to think about. So the weed killer spray, do it in the evening. Do it in, you know, close to dusk. Six o'clock's fine, probably, when temperatures are down in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And as long as you spray in the cool part of the day, the chemicals that burn leaves otherwise will have evaporated by tomorrow, and it won't do anything except kill weeds and won't hurt your grass. Use the right uh, application rate that it says on the little bottle there, and you are fine and good to go. Okay, one more question on specifics. What impact on amount of lime application do I use if I bag my clippings? Doesn't really matter either way. Okay, should I, and the chelated lime, there's different limestone products, is chelated lime I should uh, no, use? No, chelated, that's not, a, that's not a thing. There is a... Uh, there's Lime Right, which is a particular brand that Pennington makes as a very fast uh, dissolving lime because it's ground so fine. Okay. But honestly, I would just grab the plain old garden lime that you get from the garden center and put that out there. That's fine. Okay. It right. works. Thanks. You bet. Thanks for calling, Bonnie. It's been a great Saturday morning in the Lawn and Garden Show, and it's great because I get to work with Ashley Frasca screening my calls and DeMarco Williams doing my music this morning and engineering this show. Fabulous job by both people. My pleasure to be their friend. If you didn't get your question answered, go to WalterReeves.com. You can sign up for a newsletter. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest to get all your information there during the week. And we will see you right here one more time next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden. Stay tuned. Home Fix It Show is straight ahead.